the drug deal here, but, and he had no idea where he was. He'd never been here before, he'd never been to the White House, didn't know Lafayette Square from any place else. And it was a complete political setup. A political setup with a purpose. Republicans were the party of law and order, and that evidence bag was part of their hard sell. If you can buy crack outside the White House, well, then the war on drugs needed reinforcements and fast. We need more prisons, more jails, more courts, more prosecutors. So tonight I'm requesting altogether an almost billion and a half dollar increase in drug-related federal spending on law enforcement. The story of the kid who sold crack in Lafayette Park was eventually exposed as a political ploy. But the message stuck. That bag of white rocks that President Bush flashed on national TV? It was just the latest boogeyman in a long line of national freakouts over drugs and black criminality. And that's why I'm targeting $50 million to fight crime in public housing projects, to help restore order, and to kick out the dealers for good. People were willing to believe all kinds of cock and bull stories about, about drugs. You know, you know, that crack cocaine, use it once and you're forever addicted. Uh, crack cocaine forces women to abandon their children in the hospitals, you know, that it destroys the maternal instinct, that it makes you into a homicidal killer. The war on drugs may have started with Nixon in the 70s, but Reagan and Bush took it to a whole new level during the so-called crack epidemic of the 80s. After Bush's speech, the government made good on its promise of more prisons, more jails, more courts, more prosecutors. And the police got more aggressive especially in black urban neighborhoods. Roughly 85% of people convicted of crack offenses in federal court are black. And today, decades later, we're dealing with the fallout, mass incarceration, and too many black people losing their lives at the hands of the police. Much of what's being protested today by groups tied to Black Lives Matter can be traced back to this moment in the late 1980s when top elected officials created some of the most draconian laws the country has ever seen. Now, if you've forgotten what 100 to 1 means, back in 1986, one part of U.S. drug law punished crack like it was 100 times more dangerous than powder cocaine, even though chemically, coke and crack are exactly the same. To get a mandatory sentence of five years in prison, you only had to be caught dealing five grams of crack. That's like one sugar packet. Okay, so how did lawmakers come up with those numbers? To explain, I'm going to bring in my co-producer, Derek John. Hey, Derek. Hey, what's up, Christopher? So you actually went and hung out with Eric Sterling in Washington. Yep. Because he was the congressional lawyer who crafted the 100 to 1 rule. Because he was there in the room when it all went down. All right, so... After visiting Lafayette Park in D.C., Eric and I hop in a cab up to Capitol Hill. How you doing? Good. Can you take us to the Rayburn Building? Okay. Perfect. We're going to the Rayburn Building, which is where Sterling worked for a Democratic congressman in the 80s. Nice cab you have here. Thank you. If you listen to the first episode, Sterling is the one who told us about the panic that followed Lim Bias's cocaine overdose in the summer of 1986. Remember, Bias was a star basketball player who had a bright future with the Boston Celtics. And his death was a real shock, especially to Boston's Democratic Speaker of the House, Tip O'Neill. 
July 4th recess, everybody's talking about Len Bias, the Celtics, cocaine, and oh my God. And he's on the phone with, you know, colleagues around the country. What's going on? Well, cocaine, it's Len Bias, it's crack. So Tip O'Neill and the Democrats roll out a plan to pass an anti-drug bill before the November midterms. The idea is to take the issue away from Republicans. Well, who's the drugs guy for the House of Representatives? Yours truly, Eric Sterling. Sterling was an assistant counsel for the House Subcommittee on Crime. That may not sound impressive, but it makes him a pivotal character in this story. And the Republicans are trying to figure out what's our counterattack. How do we deal with this? And, you know, they was, you know what? These Democrats are soft. They're not going to put in tough penalty. We need to crack down. You know, we need to get tough. This crackdown, this is the moment when the war on drugs is about to shift into overdrive. When both parties rev their engines in an election year to see who can be tougher on drugs.